0: What's up, everybody? My name is Ryan, and thanks for tuning in to a podcast about faith, family, business, culture, and really anything is on the table. We want to hear about how God is making the impossible possible in your life, and we're going to discuss it here on All Things Are Potable. What is up, everybody? Here we go. Another episode of All Things Are potable, I, I'm, again, Again, I just, I can't believe that I'm, I'm still doing this, honestly, and that you're still listening, <laughs> honestly, it's like, it's crazy to think about, um, I always, I want to be like, what up, podcast nation, but it'd be more like, what up, podcast village community, like, so, but for those of you who are listening, thank you so much, um, we're, we're trying to have a good time, trying to learn something, and today, uh, on this episode, we have Derek Craddock, bro, like, I'm excited for this. You're I am. Gonna be here. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming thanks for on, dude. Me. Um, so Derek, he is the music pastor, uh, music director. I don't know. There's so many, so many titles that uh, people go by. I don't know yeah, how. There's to, so many titles. <laughs> I go by all of them. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah, uh, secretary, all of them. Uh, so he's the music music leader here at Northgate Pentecostal Church in North Richland Hills, uh, North Fort Worth. And That's in obviously Texas. Uh, for those of you who are not, you know, Louisiana people, I know how we can be about Texas folks. Um, yes, for real, <laughs> so saints, yeah, 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 Houdan Nation. That's right. I don't have, I think, like, we're this is what my third actual episode. It's all been Louisiana dudes, so <laughs> I mean, all good things, yeah. From Louisiana. <laughs> so, uh, and he's the leader of Magnify Youth Choir. Uh, so it's this is going to be a lot, a lot we have to talk about today, but I think we have to start off. With uh, the most important thing, and that's food. I mean, love it. Yeah, we. You are a foodie, bro. Like I love food. Yeah, and I think being from Louisiana, I think food is a part of our culture. It, it most certainly,
1: definitely is. It's a part of who we are.
0: Yeah, it. it speaks to us on a spiritual level. It's so, it's it's soul food. Yeah. Soul, <laughs> oh yeah. Soul, there the you go. Body and soul, right? <laughs> yeah, soul food. So I gotta ask, what are some of your favorite places to eat? What are you? Where are you? Where are you going, right? Like if, it, and I mean, it can be chains, right? If you sure, like chains, sure. but like, where do you, where's your, what type of food, where are you going? Like what's, what's that for you?
1: So I love Asian food, all things Asian, but more specifically, I think out of the Asian cuisine, I like Korean food quite a bit. Okay. Um, growing up uh, in Pearl River, the hometown where I grew up in, there was a family that moved in and his wife was Korean. They met in Korea. He was in the military. He worked for the government so you know they traveled all around the country with job and so with his job so she invited us over one day and she brought this stuff out on a plate it was like this cabbage stuff that was all red and looked spicy yeah and you could tell it looked fermented looks similar to like sauerkraut and i was like what is that and she says this is kimchi and kimchi is a fermented cabbage it's the national dish of Korea. anyway so about i don't know 12 years ago we started eating korean food and so that's kind of it's led to now. I love Korean food. We eat Korean food probably once a week.
0: Is Korean food Korean barbecue? I've heard that. Yes,
1: bulgogi is what they call it. Who what? Bulgogi. <laughs> okay. So if you translate that, I think it means like if you translate it to English, I think it means like fire meat or something. But it basically means meat cooked over fire. So it could be okay. pork, beef, barbecue, spicy, non-spicy. You know, so, but yes, it's very popular. Korean barbecue is like all the rage. I've right? never In had America. it. I've never. It's amazing. I really gotta go. You have to go.
0: Is there a place close?
1: no there's no, not I mean everything's a driver around here and yeah. there's nothing in Fort Worth it's okay. all Dallas North Dallas but gotcha. Korean food love it favorite chain that's not Chili's or Applebee's oh, oh god I, no, I
0: hate Chili's man sorry Hillstone's are Houston's so good I've never heard of those it's the
1: Hillstone group probably only five or six chains throughout the country there's one on Hillcrest in Dallas but super amazing chain I would say what type of food is it it's just American food so it's okay. like steaks salads but every time you go the food is super consistent it's super really? delicious yeah we love we I'm love my wife and I love the Hawaiian ribeye it's amazing
0: I'm, I'm just like I feel like in my life I have a goal to find the world's best hamburger okay. like I'm a huge hamburger guy mm-hmm. and in, in Louisiana we didn't have In-N-Out so here I'm dude I'm like all love over it. In-N-Out in-N-Out so good okay In-N-Out's-
1: I'm going to set the record straight. Here we go. All Hot take right <laughs> here. Here we go. <laughs> All you Texan folks, which I love, I lived in Texas for almost seven years. Whataburger. Thank you. Is a
0: glorified Sonic. Thank you. All Thank right. you so much. Those of you who are listening, <laughs> dude, you know, people who know, uh, dude, I cannot stand Whataburger. Uh, um, and this episode is brought to you by Sonic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take our sponsorship. Yeah, yeah dude, I, I don't understand it. When I moved here, people were like, let's go to Whataburger. We love Whataburger. I'm like, dude, this is a Texas thing. Like, totally you guys, are, I, it Texas. is. Sonic. I will eat a Big Mac before I eat a Whataburger burger. I'm just not
1: impressed. It's, it's a glorified Sonic. I would literally pull into Sonic before I'm pulling into Whataburger. Yeah, and I'm
0: not hating on Sonic. I do no, like not Sonic. Either. I'm yeah. not hating on him either. And I, I probably would say I wouldn't even eat. What a burger! if someone else was buying it. I mean, that's how... Oh, you're hardcore. Dude, yeah. I, Even if you got a gift card? Bro, not going. <laughs> not going. I'll give that the gift card to a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, oh. I cannot stand it, man. It gives me a headache. Yeah, anyways, I, I I, don't like it. Um, okay, so I got to ask. Hmm. I thought I heard... You went on like a... You went to Mexico. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can it's already like, tell? It's last another. year, September, I think so, it was. Yeah, so I... We... It was when we had the fire. That's what it was. We had the fire at TLC, Mm. and we came here, and you weren't here, and everybody was like, "I was like, where's, where's Derek?" Or maybe, maybe it was a different time. I can't remember. Mm. I can't remember either. I can't remember when it was. But anyways, I was like, "Where's Derek?" And they're like, "He's stuck in Mexico." (laughs) Oh my lord. Oh no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't here. I'm sorry. It was when P and D. You were supposed to come to P&D, but you were stuck in yes, Mexico. Yes,
1: th- that was September, right? Yes,
0: that was September. That's what it was. Yes. And so I got to hear, first of all, were you on vacation
1: in Mexico? It was just a random quick trip. I have a good friend that I go to church with. His name is Miguel. He, uh, His family is from Torreon, Mexico.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. That's uh, awesome. Just about five
1: <laughs> hours south of the border. And um, he his great-grandmother lives there, a wonderful elderly woman. She, he was going to see her, and he's like, hey, you want to come to Mexico? I was like, yes. Foodie trip, yeah. So we went, and it was originally supposed to be like Friday, uh, sorry Thursday to Saturday evening, and it wound up being Thursday to Tuesday. Oof. So very very small airport in uh, Mexico, out in the middle of the desert, and um, we get to the airport to check back in. I've flown internationally before, and I've not quite encountered anything quite like this. We go up to the, the counter to get through the, the gate. Well, they tell us at right at the gate, immigration has gone. And so you have to um, turn in your visa that they bring in. They were gone. They literally were gone. They refused us to get on the plane, and so we couldn't come back. So we, tried, we looked at coming back on Sunday. It was an extra $1,000. So I was like, oh, Lord. So we, Tuesday was the cheapest we could get back for not spending a crazy amount of money. So we had spent an extra 2 or 3 days in Mexico, which we ate like we ate like pigs. Yeah. Tacos. Yeah, they were like just the,
0: the street tacos though, like authentic all yeah. the way. Just meat, onions and, and cilantro, cilantro and yeah. corn tortillas. So yeah. It was a great so time. Good.
1: It was fun, but we ate a lot of food, but yeah, we got I got stuck in Mexico. I was scared out of my mind. I'm thinking First off, my pastor, he's going to fire me, he's going to fire me. I got to call him back, and I'm like, I got to find somebody to play the keyboard, and um, I'm training a young kid, and he's just not ready. And I'm like, yeah. so I called Kevin Howard. He actually was at your church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, please, don't tell Chris, can you just, can you just cancel? And come here. So, long story short, we made it work. That's right. Pastor Jones was just like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what do you say to that? Though? I mean, like, I'm stuck here yeah. in Mexico. Yeah.
0: Oh man, you can't make. I was this in the doghouse,
1: and Miguel was in the doghouse. Oh, that's. When we got back. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I'm dying, man. That's that's the best. But yeah, I was just like. Uh, because I think Kevin had told me he was like, yeah, I yeah.
1: called him a frantic. Yeah. He
0: said, uh, I know I think it was Kevin Hanks because oh, okay. I think he heard it from Kevin oh, Howe or okay. yeah, Kevin's yeah, mixed yeah. up, but uh, he's like, yeah, he's stuck in Mexico. I'm like, bro This is this is okay. I've got to know why so so
1: arrive to the airport two hours early Like they tell you to so you can turn in your visa and blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, that's what we learned. Yeah Don't get there light <laughs>
0: Man, that's that's great. Um uh, so okay, so let's dive into this. We've we've kind of talked about some some fun stuff. I really I really wanted to hear the Mexico uh, story. So, but so all things are potable. The whole premise of what we want to do is just hear people's story, man. And I think you are a uh, a great example of young leadership in a time where young leadership is is vital because we're we're in that changing of the guard. I feel like just as a movement, um, where we're kind of having our generation just kind of having to step up and take those Certainly. reins. Um, and so it's a pivotal point. Transition times are always extremely pivotal. Yes. You see that all throughout the Bible. So. This is where and, and it worked out and you kinda he kinda got onto me before we started. He's like, How are you gonna let me follow Kevin Howard? <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> Thanks. <good stuff. laughs> yeah. Um, so if but you know, hey, listen, you're gonna do great. Uh so I think that this is we heard from his generation and then now it's cool to hear from from this this one. And so I'm just interested, man, like and we haven't really talked about it, we haven't set anything up. I have you and I have talked just a handful of times really about about nothing, you know. Um so I kind of do want to hear your story, man, from the beginning. Like, how, did you, sure. how did you get your start? Um, were you always interested in music? Is that, like, just, just kind of start from the yeah, beginning.
1: sure. Um, I, I came into the faith, I suppose you say. I consider myself a little bit of old, an old soul, so I'll probably use some old terms. Yeah, go ahead. But I came into the faith probably in, it was 20, 2002, 2002. Um, I had a, there was a family crisis that took place in our family. And, um, I had an uncle and my father I was at a bar one night. I'd be very transparent. And, uh, my uncle, my dad actually started the fight and my uncle, my uncle came out, went to his truck. It was a very long story short, went to his truck, pulled out his pistol and murdered the gentleman that was, that was, um, my dad was fighting with. So he went to prison, my dad went to prison. Wow. And I had an old precious great aunt, my grandfather's sister, older sister, she um, came into the faith. I'm really not sure when she got the Holy Ghost, but she was in the church and she was like, come, come in, come into the church. I know someone that can help you. I know someone that can sort out your problems. And so she began to witness to us. And my dad had gotten out on bail. And so we started going to church.
0: church How was old was were one? you at this I point? I was 11. Okay.
1: We started going to church and um, he was baptized. I was never baptized and I hadn't, re- I hadn't received the Holy Ghost. Well, he f- went back to court. He was sentenced to prison. He went to prison for a little bit. And so I quit going because he wasn't there to take me. Well, one day, this is kind of a long story short. One day it was like the Lord put it in my mind, like, it's time to go back to church. The Bible says, No man cometh cometh unto him unless he be drawn by the Spirit. Spirit, So I knew the Lord was drawing me. So um I called my my great aunt up, who's still living. She's not doing very well, but still prayer word saint, just a wonderful saint. And I said, I'm ready to go back to church. So she picks me Still up. Still
0: 11 years old at this time?
1: Still 11, yep. Bro, this was going huge. into years. Of, this was going into 2012. Wow. I was a kid. And at that time, my mother was, um, she wasn't doing well. She was, she became a drug addict. My parents divorced. It was just a big mess. So she would pick me up to and from and take me to church. Well, um, about that time, our church got a new music director and, um, and I, just had an interest in me. Always had an interest in music. Uh, if I think back to my younger years, I was fascinated with with orchestras, band. In elementary school, you always played the little plastic recorder. The recorders, the yes. Reporters. So uh, I uh, would play that, loved it. My The band director at the time, she saw the potential in me. So all that, I always had that interest in music. Well, my aunt would pick me up, take me to church. She would also take me to piano lessons. And um, I connected with a, a wonderful family in the church. And um, they... It was leading up to uh, camp, camp season, junior camp season, and they were like, uh, they literally picked me up, took me to Old Navy, took me to Gap, literally bought me five days' worth of clothes to go to to go to church. Nice. You know, two outfits, and she's like, you're going to get the Holy Ghost, you're going to get the Holy Ghost, and that Wednesday night, I wound to get the Holy Ghost 2012, wow. excuse me, 2002, came back and got baptized, and um, that's kind of a brief yeah. story minus the, the music. Right. But um, she'd pick me up to and from. Um, my dad never came back to church. My mother, my mother never came to church. Yeah. Neither of my parents are in church, as you'd say.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's it was just me, my great aunt her and her her um, grandson that served God. Wow. And um, she'd pick me up and take me to church. My mom would take me to church. My, yeah. My my grandparents would take me to church, but they never came. Never came. But she prayed and picked me up, take me to piano lessons, paid for my piano lessons.
0: Bro, that is crazy that you had the like 11 years old. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, who, uh, it, who, you can't make decisions at 11 years. old. i wouldn't trust 11 year old to make a decision today. And it's like, yeah, but so you my, had um, the,
1: so I don't, it was, it was, it was the Lord just absolutely. pulling me in, got the Holy Ghost baptized, um, piano lessons.
0: So you were, okay. So you were taking piano at this point. Yes. At, like somebody at the church some or
1: of the music, my music director at the time. Okay. The gotcha. Church. We had two of them while I was coming. and um, so for the first one, and then the second one came in. She started giving me lessons as well. But um, I was always fascinated with music. I don't know why. There's not one person in my family that's musical. Not one person. <laughs> like my mom sent me a video the other day of something, and she was like <laughs> singing in the background. And I was that's like, "Crazy mother, you're tone deaf." <laughs>
0: I can relate to that. Tone,
1: tone deaf. <laughs> Literally. And I don't. You know, I'm not. I don't claim to be the best vocalist, but there's nobody in my family that has musical gifting. So it's, it was very interesting. You know infatuated with music as a child. But I would always tell my parents, put me in lessons, put me in lessons, I want to I learn the piano. And they never would. So when I started going to church, they offered it. And I was like, I didn't know the difference between church, because I'm a church musician. I'm not a classical musician. I didn't know the difference between classical and, and gospel and church. So I just started taking piano lessons. And,
0: you know, here we are. Yeah. Twenty Almost 20 years later. That is, that's crazy, man. It's all, um, I mean, I don't know. It seems like you were, I mean, it's almost like God knew what He was doing, right? Absolutely. Like He just handpicked you out of, I mean, essentially chaos. Yeah, I mean, yes, very you know.
1: disruptive. That is that
0: is insane. So okay, so let's fast forward a little bit because you were faithful to a church, and um, I'm assuming it was Pearl River. Yes, and so you were you were going there. When was your first? When was your first opportunity to lead or to? to play in front of people uh, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, what yeah, was your, yeah. what was that? Do you remember that? Yes,
1: yeah, so I do remember. I do remember both instances. um I started taking piano first and then I remember the first song I had ever played on the piano in front of the church was Jesus. I love you. Norman Hutchinson. Okay. If I didn't know Jesus. I love you because you can. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And okay. I practiced that and practiced that and practiced that. And t- I could play it backwards, forwards, frontwards, sideways, but that song would always, God would always open up the heavens on that song in my life church and i can remember um singing that song the power of god would fall that was the first song on piano the first song i ever led vocally
0: yeah
1: i'm trying to think of how it even came about that i could sing like i didn't even know i could sing (laughs) sing i'm I'm (laughs) using It's like just having a rehearsal for a youth rally and i was playing strings or second keyboard or something and i just started singing tenor which was the lead and it was lord you are an awesome god um which I think is Norman Hutchinson, Lord you are an awesome God and I remember singing that the first for the first time ever at a youth rally. I could even tell you what I was wearing probably. <laughs> I was petrified, and yeah. I probably did terrible. I memorized every ad-lib that he did.
0: Oh, yeah? You were just doing it like, yes. they could, if they knew the track, they could sing with you. I hate that. <laughs> well, like, be creative, yeah. figure out your own ad-lib. Yeah, but... I'm not, I've seen those people do that before.
1: Uh, anyway, I, I remember the first each time, and then it just kind of went from there. I think I was probably 14 or so. I had been okay. playing for two years before that, but 14 or so, and then... Um, I play the organ. I didn't know how to play it.
0: Yeah, I just learned it. I just it. get up
1: there because nobody else could play it, you know. <laughs> and um, but yeah, those are two distinct moments that I remember very clearly.
0: Yeah. So I I think what's important, and I'll kind of you can kind of speak to this. You were you were faithful in in something, and then those opportunities presented yourself. Oh, certainly. I feel like a lot of people, and I, I've been guilty of this in my own life, but. I've been I've see a lot of young people today who are very opportunist right they're very like jump on anything that's and then the faithfulness kind of falls Mm. out Mm. of that um maybe you can speak to something about that you know just being that being faithful where you are and then God will promote you from you know within I guess
1: yeah certainly I think I think as musicians we tend to we tend to look at things and, and youth rallies and different churches as gigs oh you know? wow gigging musicians church yeah. musicians and there are a lot of them out there and you know god blesses people like for example i, I would never say kevin howard's a gig musician but he plays all over and that's what god's called him to do but certainly be faithful to the small things yes yeah. you know be become a proficient musician be faithful to your church and your pastor and put them first i always tell our team here like we do we don't we don't Govern with a iron fist and with a thumb. Like, if God has gifted, he's given you a gift, you know, use it. Use it for God's glory. But do it, do it right with respect. Yeah. Treat your house, the seat that you serve in, treat it with respect. Yeah. And I, I do believe when people do that, God opens doors and blesses people and gives them gifts and talents and, and elevates them because they're faithful yeah. to what God's called them to. God's called me to be the keyboard player or whatever the church, and I've been faithful to that, and God will open doors for you if you're
0: faithful to Him. Yeah, and I think people people a lot of times look at guys like like Kevin Howard and, and these guys who travel and do all this, and they're like they they idolize that that position, and it's just a great a great thing to be have a goal. But it's the process, that game. Like that wasn't they what... They want to skip. Yeah, they want to just jump to the end. instead of trust... It'd them. crush you
1: if you tried to skip that many levels. Yeah. You know, the pressure would break you. Yeah. It's like I was um, I was praying one evening and the Lord was, was uh, speaking to me, calling me out to deeper the deeper waters. And you have to dive deeper and deeper. And you acclimate to the depths as you go down and down and down and down and down. So... You can't expect to just go from level one to level 100 and it just be glamorous. You'll get the spiritual bends, right? Certainly. It's, it's just, that's just not the way that it works. Yeah. You know, it's a process. Yeah. Be faithful to the process.
0: Yeah. Faithful to the process. And so we, we've, we brought up Kevin Howard. Would you say he's like a mentor in your oh, life? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Absolutely. What are some things that maybe he's like mentored for, like for you, right? That, so where I'm going is the the changing of the guard, right? So, sure. What were some things that he instilled in your life that you can look back and like you're like, hey, this is I'm reflecting this now.
1: Yeah, certainly. He, he um, I didn't meet Kevin until I was probably 21, and the vehicle in which we met was Louisiana All State Youth Choir. Oh yeah. And that can be it could be a completely different other subject that we can <laughs> talk about for probably 17 <laughs> days. Okay. Just just from the the pure impact that it made on my life. Gotcha. But, I, uh, Kevin is a wonderful individual, just wonderful individual, and he's an amazing musician. But I think, and we we talk music and chords and all that. Right, and we right. Call, you know the fat chords, P H A T. Hopefully, you know <laughs> an affinity anybody. But we don't talk much about that as we do about leadership qualities yeah. and um, how to lead people and um, performance. The performance model versus being spirit led. Um, and I think I look looking over the last you know almost decade. It's been those moments instilling leadership moments. Me texting like, I have a di- difficult um, team member. How do I deal with it? Yeah, you know, and him being very transparent and open because he's got so many years of experience. So I look at it, and this is a very general response to what you asked, but no, leadership. I think it's great. Yeah. Leadership to me is the most, more than just us sitting down at the piano together and him showing me some chords. Yeah, it's
0: and, beyond it, the job, it, right? Beyond us, beyond the job, and yeah. we have a
1: very close relationship. So ninety percent of the time, we're talking about food and going to eat places, but there are moments from like Kevin, I just need some advice for this. I and mean, it's just it's moments like Louis through Louisiana Allstate, him leading rehearsals and facilitating moments, and mentoring people, and, and um, Louisiana Camp Meeting, the, the big choir that he's over. It's been leadership.
0: Yeah. I think that what you said, I want to go back to that, it, the the performance-based versus being spirit-led, mm-hmm. and I think our generation and the one behind us is at such a disadvantage of walking, and I don't even want to say walking that line, but I mean, if we're real, like there's the practice side of it where you have to get the certain Certainly. things that are kind of... Not, I don't even like the word performance, because, but there's the aspect of you want to do something excellent, right, because you're doing sure. it for God, and then you also want to say hey we practice this but the spirit's moving I want to throw this out right like we do this so and I think our generation is at a disadvantage because we have churches like Elevation Church and churches Mm. that have the big grand things right so maybe you can speak to that too of of how we can balance this performance versus spirit-led walking that line how do you do it
1: yeah it's it's a very interesting dynamic, I feel, and I've been here in North Gate in North Bristol Hills for almost seven years, and I think about <clears throat> where, because I was a music director probably for four years, five years before I came here. I started when I was 17, really young, in just a real small country church, and we had no tracks. We had nothing. It was just keys and bass, and I planned out the sets. I planned them right before service, but if we'd have a move of God, we'd completely change. We weren't bound by sequence. We right. weren't bound by tracks. But so looking back seven years later, I've and I've seen how much we've grown as a worship team here, and how much my ministry's grown. And how I approach things, like I plan the set days in advance, you know, and we use tracks. And so it's an interesting tension to manage because I feel like our generation and churches today, we try to keep up with the culture. Yeah. We try to keep up with all the pomp and circumstance. So I have to take a step back and, and reevaluate. Like I'm not going to be mad. If Pastor comes up on the third song because he feels like it's time to come up, I'm not going to be mad if we have to cut the track because God is going in the direction because we're, we're apostolic or Pentecostal. Are we spirit-led or are we not? Yeah. Are we centered around being moved by the Holy Ghost or are we not? So, But I, I, I'm seeing people—I I just listened to a podcast with Jeremy Riddle. It was so incredible, incredible because he was talking about the performance trap. And, and he was bringing awareness into the mainstream, uh, CCM world, which was interesting to me because I see a lot of people that you know, they're on the set, they stick to the set. They can't, can't deviate off the set. Anyway. So for me, I, I'm like, God, this week, what do you have for us? Yeah. You know, it's one song that'll pop in my head or two songs and then I'll build the, the set, the set around that. And then in service, I'll, I'll gently feel the Holy Ghost just to touch me and just say, wait, or let's go in this direction. And I follow God. I never want to miss God. I never want to miss his yeah. voice because it's so imperative that we allow God space that he may walk into the room yeah. and, and touch people. And and so, yes, transparently, I, I, I've struggled with The performance trap, right? Sticking. I have a set. I plan it out, and and I want to stick to it because oh, to get to this this loop because the band's gonna kill it here. This track is so amazing. Like this song was requested by an individual, and I (laughs) I I want I want to do the song because I don't want them to think that I don't listen to their suggestions. But no, no, God, I want to be follow. I want to follow your presence. Yeah, Slowly after your presence.
0: And that and again, I think I think everybody in some sort of ministry. Um, speaking from a kids ministry perspective, again, you know, and now youth ministry, but I see that the musicians and, and the music ministry really like that's that's it's to me it's elevated on another level with you guys as far as the performance trap, right? Certainly. Like you guys find it harder um, than anybody. I think I think you guys do really really great. I think Northgate Music is is unbelievable. It's top notch. Excellent. It's yeah, excellent. it is. It's excellent. I will
1: say to, to that excellent. I think. It, I think we've really blown that word out of proportion. Not blown out of proportion, but we say excellence is certainly being proficient in your instrument, but it's also, I also look at it as a form of worship. 100%.
0: Uh,
1: also, we're being excellent before God. We're being proficient. We're being proficient because we're spirit led. So we know, understand our instrument. We understand music. We understand key relationships. We understand. Flow moments we understand because we practice and we've prayed and practiced hearing from God. So when we do have those spirit-led moments, we can follow Him, and we don't have to be hindered by a chord chart. Yeah, we don't have to be hindered by playing in the key of F sharp because we haven't practiced. Because we we're, we're excellent. We have practice. We are proficient. But I feel like we need to redefine that. That word needs to be redefined. Excellence is is a form of worship. Bringing bringing our whole self unto God, bring, withholding nothing in the presence of God. Yeah. And we come into his presence being proficient, of course, that's understood. But we're bringing, uh, bringing our, we're presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Every single piece of us we give to God, and that's a form of worship. So
0: I, I think that's great, man. I, I heard Dave Ramsey define excellence as diligence over time. Hmm. And I think that in what you said, it just kind of clicked in my mind about how if we're proficient in this, then if God were to change the script, if he were to flip the script on it, well we're proficient. God, we're ready to walk down the whatever road that you're ready. Like I'm I'm spiritually flexible to so be able to yeah I got a key change but you know what I've put in the work so god pastor
1: comes up and says he wants to sing your candy stick song Yeah 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 I exactly I listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I didn't tell him to say that pastor Jones so it's up to, uh, <laughs> I'm sure pastor Press has his candy stick song Oh say. absolutely yeah who doesn't right Yes. who doesn't but I think man that's that's a great way to put it that you're you're ready to go down whatever road because I mean right the, you have to we have to put in the work it's faith and works, right? Exactly. So we have to put in the work, and then you're ready to walk down uh, that road. So, study to show yourself approved. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. absolutely. Absolutely. And study goes beyond just reading the word, right? I mean, it's reading the word and right. reading saying, your yeah, chord charts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, so, okay. So I think y- you obviously are just dropping bombs right now. And so I want to know because... You've been led by essentially one I mean, the GOAT, right? Like unbelievable. He's he's unbelievable. Kevin unbelievable. Kevin Howard. And then you've had other great influences in your life, uh, with, with Pastor Brent Jones and just other people that have been around you. Um but now you're in a leader a leadership position, right? Like you are leading there it's it's magnify, which I, I only equate that as like the like Louisiana All State choir. It's kinda yes. to magnify would yes. be the same. It's parallel, yes. Yeah, parallel.
1: Certainly, so, losing all states has been existing for 30 years. This is magnifies four years, but yes, very parallel to So, how'd
0: you get into that role?
1: So, I moved here in 2014, um, next door, a uh, uh, city next door, Hearst, Texas. Um, their music director, his name is Ben Patton, Wonderful Guy. He and I connected at a youth rally right after I moved here, and we were talking about a youth choir. And the district, the North Texas district of the United Pentecostal Church in Texas, had just been formed. And so yeah, it was um, like sp- they split everything, right? They uh, multiplied. Multiplied. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's what actually he said because I kept saying split, split, split. Sorry, split. I didn't mean to but use a, divi- a division word. Yeah. Sorry, no, sorry, you're sorry. good. I'm no, just kidding. And we got to talking, and I've always talked about I'll say the impact they made on my life, and he's like, we need to do something like that. So Ben kind of launched off, and he was much more connected into the district and kind of some of the some of the. Uh, leaders in the district and so he took the idea before the district and they approved it and so we did deliberated and um, we came up with the name magnify and um that's kind of where it started it's inception was 2015
0: okay so it's i mean it's a baby
1: yeah all five years and and through through covid we've kind of had to reset and yeah. so it seems like it's like is this a is this is a reset like are we starting back at year one and um so, so yes, it's it's five years old, and it's than five years and
0: five. it's it's teenagers and yes. hyphen. Oh, when I say hyphen. Fourteen that's college. 14 to 26. 14
1: to 26. 25. Oh gosh, I hope you're not listening because they're gonna be like, "How do you still not know the age?" <laughs> that's the
0: general age bracket. <laughs> uh, the magnified leader, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know. He's like, I don't know. I can still teach the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, like I and don't make know. Make
1: relationships. So relationships.
0: So let's talk about. I I also lead. Gen Z right like Mm. I mean I know you got some millennial kind of tie in there too but predominantly I'm assuming it's Gen Z that that you lead Um, what is I I, I feel like I have my opinion right but what is your opinion what's unique uh, good and bad I guess of leading the Gen Z people in Magnify right what's what's unique about our Generation Z so
1: I may speak to my Speak my general sentiments of Gen Z. Okay. Yeah, here we okay. go. And I'm a very honest, shoot yeah. you straight kind of person. All right, let's go. Maybe, maybe I'll be maybe I'll shoot you real straight. I find Gen Zs are digital natives, right? Oh, 100%. Born with the phone in their hands. Yeah. I think I remember getting a cell phone at 12. So I still remember dial-up. Okay, so I'm not. Oh, I, man. I wouldn't. I hear that in my sleep native. at night. Yes, <laughs> yeah, is well, yeah, that what it was? Yeah. So they've always had te- te- tech at their fingertips. So I find them to, some of them to be loners. You know, they're more engaged in their phones rather than fostering relationships. Um, they're comp- so I even find them to be competitive. Yeah. Even with speaking to Magnify, you know, we'd ask for a solo, and we have five people come out for tryout for a solo. You know, and they're all trying their hardest to get the solo. Um, but what I find interesting about Gen Z is their Search for truth. You may have a different take. This is what I've. This is what kind of seen. You so far, read. we're
0: lining up well. Okay, good. <laughs> good. There's
1: a bajillion articles you can read on yeah. Gen Z, obviously. Yeah, and millennials, we get yeah. us millennials get blamed for a lot of stuff. Oh, dude, okay, we're the this, worst.
0: <laughs> he's uh, gra- he's grasping his head right now. If you could see. <laughs>
1: we get so much condescension from the uh, generations above us. Oh, Anyways, sure. I find that Gen Z they value individual expression and they avoid labels so um, I'm just going to kind of read some of the things that I've kind of jotted down they yeah. mobilize themselves for a variety of causes they believe profoundly in the um, in, in um, I'm j- this is why I never should read off my notes they believe <laughs> profoundly in the efficacy of dialogue to solve conflict and improve the world Bro, I find uh, them to be very pragmatic very realistic Yeah, they deal with the truth they think about things from a very realistic perspective, and and I am encouraged. Uh, I, I really there's a, there's a few there's one specific guy that I gave lessons to that I uh, love him to death, but he drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, if, this, if, the, if the torch rests in your hands, bubble, we're in trouble. <laughs> no, he's a wonderful kid. I yeah. love him to death. Yeah. But they're very prag- pragmatic, I, I would say, and I'm encouraged because they study. They want they've had they have information at their fingertips. Yes. Constantly. So they're constantly forming opinions, we're constantly reading, and they've got to get it for themselves. Yeah. And I'm encouraged by the few Gen Zers that are in Magnify, just all in for God. Yeah. They've searched out this they've worked their own salvation out with fear and trembling. Their parents are in that some of the younger ones, their parents are in that 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 gap between um, X and Y or millennials. Yeah. And so and a lot of those have walked away from the faith. Yeah, and they don't want that. They don't want that. And so I found my point is I found that they have they they're in the Word, they're studying the Word, and they're sold out. They've studied. They show their self approved. They they're in the Word and they are sold out to whatever cause that they're a part of. And um, I'm encouraged about the future of the gospel. Yeah, and taking the gospel.
0: I can say this the gospel is going to be spread in more creative ways than it ever has it's been so before. Yeah. yeah, and I think to your point of, yes, there are downsides of them being born with a phone in their hand, essentially. Can't
1: even make eye contact, some of them, because they're constantly looking down. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what they're used to. Yeah,
0: they're like, we'll talk face-to-face on FaceTime. <laughs> exactly, yes.
1: Exactly, yes. <laughs> but,
0: but the the upside of that is that's where our society is going, and so the fact that they have kind of mastered this man like i turn over our uh church the stories on instagram bro i am lost on how to story anything my wife's like you're the worst story ever don't you
1: feel like we're becoming like they're not we're i'm i start to feel irrelevant sometimes yeah dude I'm, I'm, I'm only 30 yeah I'm i'll like, say a, i'll say a phrase to a gen Zer, and they're like that's like
0: five years ago yeah and I'm like. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm like just now saying on fleek. Uh, so. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know. And so I'm. I, I turned over some things. I'm just like, look, guys, you do this way better than me. And I like hear your story, and it looks great, you know. And and I know it's probably the same with you guys. It's like, listen, this this phone has become an extension of you. So I mean, but if we can, but I think where where we need to. As, as the leaders there, we have to channel that and direct it. Certainly, into there needs to be
1: some leadership there, right? Yes, yes, yeah. some 100%. direction and guidance. Guidance, yes.
0: Hundred percent, man, and I, I I'm with you. I agree wholeheartedly that that our our Gen Z, you know, they're 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 heading the right direction. Yes, the most diverse
1: generation yet, yeah. Yeah, individualistic. I, That's a great word. Yeah, they're they're so diverse. They're so creative. That's a really such a great point. That's a, that was a really good point. I never quite looked at it like that.
0: They're, yes. They're 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 individualistic and and again it has its ups and downs but so does every generation we have our ups and downs you know it's it all kind of
1: oh plus poor millennials yeah we, we get the, we get we literally get the blunt the brunt <laughs> the blunt, blame of everything yeah, yeah I'll literally both, everything yeah exactly it, it feels like it's I finally said to someone I was like I'm sick of your condescension <laughs> like you it was like it was like so I was like your generation raised us yeah. Like and it was like, ooh, yeah. Like you're the one that raised us. Your generation raised us.
0: Yeah. Um. So you're and and to stay on this track, right? You you are even in a more unique situation, right? So we just we're just gonna follow this this rabbit trail all the way down to the to the peak um, of what I think is a very precarious position of leading up and down, mm. right? Because you. And I think you do it well because, like you said earlier, you're an old soul, mm-hmm. and that plays into it a lot. Because old souls, and uh, I kind of, I'm kind of an old soul too. I think so,
1: yeah.
0: We're we're kind of humble by nature in the sense of like when we speak to elders or people who are older than us we are humble we respect that we we also respect you but there is a tension and a balance is, yes.
1: of leading
0: people leading up and when i say leading up i mean leading people older than you right, right. and then leading down i don't mean that derogatory so can you can you speak on that for just a moment of of how you balance that of leading magnified but then coming in on sundays and then you're leading people who are significantly sure. maybe significantly
1: older yeah, than you yeah certainly I find that at my age there are challenges. Not that I'm saying my age is old, but and I can only speak speak to my experience. And I've only been in two churches, church, two church environments, plus Magnify. I know that life moves at the speed of relationships. Wow! And we can't go anywhere. We can't do we can't do this life without relationships. We can't we can't do a work for God and work in the kingdom without relationships and forging relationships. So I find that. If I take the time to establish in a relationship with these individuals, like if they know my story and they know my heart, they're, they're much willing to follow me and go the, go the journey with me. Yeah. So a very, very short response would be, you know, uh, me taking the time with my brother, my elder brother, to, to meet him and to get to know him and for him to hear and listen to my heart, this is why I do what I do. So maybe he'd be more apt and willing to follow the journey, to, to be on the team, to not sit there when we're in worship service yeah. with his hands crossed because he understands my heart and why I yeah. do what I do and why I pick what I do, songs if, I pick. You know? Am I
0: making this up? I may, And I may be. It may be something that I just, the preconceived notion in my head that sometimes, especially with creatives, because we are, we're humble but in a unique way like like we, we we do like we know what we want we kind of want exactly. to take charge right but that can kind of come off as arrogant sometimes sure it can sure. but am i crazy to think that that sometimes the older generation they'll look down on us and be like well that kid's just he he's just an arrogant punk he don't know what he's doing so and what you're saying is is that when you take the time to knock out that notion yeah, right certainly. when you get relational get real with them you break down those barriers.
1: I, I firmly believe in that. I, I guess that's a very simple response to what you're saying, but I take the time to, to meet that individual, and they get to know who I am. And that, you know, we I guess we have some uh, subconscious things that we do, our mannerisms, our our verbiage. We may not understand what we do and how we receive, but. You know, certainly if Sister Sally Sue, you know, 80-year-old Sister Sally Sue understands that, you know, sis, I just want to be in the presence of God. Yeah. I just want to lead you in the presence of God because God's tasked me to do that. And the, it, no, it may not be Tis So Sweet. It may be another modern song that we're singing. But understand that that's my my most pure motive is to lead you into the presence of God. So understand, please understand my heart. So my point is, you know, even with the, the magnified kids, like, I want to get to know you. I want I want you to understand that this is my heart. This is what I want for you. This is a training ground for you. You know, brother, elder brother, I love you. I want to glean everything that I can from you, all your wisdom. But I want you to understand that all I want us to do is just to feel the presence of God in the service. So it's just dialogue. Yeah. I think it's really simple yeah. to me. I mean, I'm, we, I don't worship leads of 5,000 people every Sunday. But it seems very simple to me, taking the extra mile, being a leader— and stepping out and meeting people, like if you don't like, I've heard leaders, and it, I, it just astounds me. I've heard leaders that say, "I cannot stand people." <laughs> Everybody gets uh, people get on yeah. our nerves. We're people. You, yeah, you, 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 uh, you probably get on um, their nerves. Yeah, percent. Oh, like, but to say that you don't like people,
0: you're in the, the wrong, wrong business. business. Yeah, hundred exactly. percent.
1: You're in the wrong business. Hundred
0: percent. And so, I think if you can. And I know this is kind of an on-the-spot question. We didn't talk about this one, but can you speak um, for just a few seconds, whatever, on to people who are in your position, right? That may be struggling, or or maybe there's a new there's a new music minister who's young or has stepped into a leadership role. Like, what advice would you give them? Uh, obviously, be relational. What what are some other things that you may say to them? That, that could help them in their new walk or their new journey, whatever that may be.
1: Yeah, I would say if you're like me and you're very aggressive, I would say um, pray first yeah. before you open your mouth. <laughs>
0: that's that's a great thing for anyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: certainly. Uh, certainly be, be humble and be willing to learn from your your elder brother, from your pastor. Be submissive. You know, get in the word, ground yourself, connect yourself to somebody, tether yourself. That, that's the biggest thing for me. Tether, you're not alone. We don't do this cre- as creatives and as worship leaders. We don't do this alone. We tether ourselves, find a mentor, you know, call up someone, call me up. I mean, if you're a young music minister or whatever, call me up, like tether yourself with someone that can help root and ground you. Yeah. In the faith, in what we do, and, and, and be a sounding board. Don't don't do it alone. Don't um, take it to God in prayer, but don't do it alone. Yeah. Don't keep the don't keep in the frustration. I, I think we need to be we need to help our pastors and uh, understand how to lead creatives. Yeah. You know, I think it's a, especially in the apostolic movement, we have a lot of work to do yeah. in leading creatives. But tether yourself to someone. Find a mentor. That's, that's the biggest thing find a mentor find someone balanced that can help you yeah connect yourself to him connect yourself to the old gray-haired lady in the church that plays piano that plays all 88 and glean everything you can from her yeah and connect yourself to a Kevin Howard where you can glean everything you can and connect yourself to your pastor be submissive ask your pastor for advice read books I didn't read them. Lord, I didn't read a leadership book and probably in probably until last three years ago. Yeah. Like, and I wondered, I look back and wondered why I had so many trouble because I didn't know how to deal with people. I didn't know how to talk to people. You yeah. know. Read the word. Okay, this is to every music minister out there that's that's coming up. Get out of YouTube, get out of the chord chart and get into the Bible. Yeah. Wow. Get into the Bible and read the Bible. <sighs> I'm so ashamed to say this, Lord. I've been in this for almost 20 years. And Lord, I was so late getting into the Bible and learning just basic Bible stories, learning and reading the songs. When you ingest the word, it comes out of you. Yeah. It'll come out of you in worship service. It'll come out of you. If you're not a worship leader and you're just a people-player leader, it'll come out of you and you can inject it into your team. Get the word inside of you. Get the word inside of you. Connect yourself to a mentor and get down and read the word and learn the word. Yeah. And read a couple of leadership books too.
0: Yeah, that never heard. That never and hurts. Shut your
1: mouth first. Shut your mouth before you, before you think before you speak.
0: Yeah, I, I remember you were talking about read the word this the the song you know it kind of comes out and I remember reading the Bible one time and and I'm like you know I'm reading along and I'm like wait these words are in this song that we sing like <laughs> I was like are you kidding me like it blew my mind that yes. a song in the Bible it's had the yeah 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 exactly yeah. and I was like. What in the world? How could this even happen? Dude, I, and then I thought, I wonder if they knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a similar moment. like that. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not oh man, I wonder if they knew that, dude. This has been unbelievable. Like seriously, thank you uh, so much for this. I think it's. I really do think it's going to help somebody. Honestly. So. Um, so to end uh, end on a on a note, you've traveled around with a bunch of kids. Like oh Lord. <laughs> have you you've you've I mean. Gen Zs, I think one thing that we can definitely say about is they're quirky, right? And quirky. and has there been any like funny stories that you've had of maybe just like major fails? I, because I think that's like a humbling thing, especially for yeah. creatives. Like God humbles us probably more than anyone. Yes, he does. He <laughs> um, does. So I just I'm curious if you had any kind of like uh, you know fail stories or like just I have fail stories. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, either one. Okay. Hey. So. Uh,
1: specific story here probably to your dude i we should have been on church of laugh okay oh my
0: gosh. I, I i follow them now that we should have been on church of laugh for church
1: Our church, Mail, church yeah, yeah, yeah. north gate worship should have little, <laughs> legitimately been we were um i was at the keyboard altar call the singers were up there and um we were having this shocker shy moment That's yeah what I call face in the ficus you know every church and in the 90s, early 2000s, had the Ficus, I had the tree, Ficus the last trees. Well, do, you know, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, bro, yeah. Okay, so we,
0: not only did we have them on our platform, I had like two in my house. Exactly, I yeah. had them My mom I grabbed once you wrap Christmas lights in, you can't get them out. Let's go. It was a
1: face in the Ficus moment. You're just that's my term, just flopped over, just just praying. <laughs> we were having an incredible move of God, not like necessarily higher energy, but just crying right. out for God in the altar call. And my laptop was plugged in to the headphone jack. Oh, gosh. And um, I forget what we were saying or what we are doing. This nev- I've been running tracks on my laptop for years, and this had never, ever happened between the hours of 10 a.m. on a Sunday and 12 p.m. My brother FaceTimes
0: No. So
1: literally, through the sound system, like no. as loud as you could ever imagine, the dum thump dum 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 Goes off and people are like, whoo!
0: Just <laughs>
1: yeah. crying out the house many And it goes on. I'm Slam the down as fast as I can! Slam it down! Yeah, and I literally—what I do is so this is even—and people just
0: like, yeah, they just yeah. throw their head Immediately up. Immediately the spirit exits. The spirit left the room.
1: <laughs> I literally look at the media booth. I I played it off so bad. Yeah, everybody <laughs> on the worship team knew it was me, but nobody else knew it was me. I literally look at the. I start. I'm, I'm, my hands are on the keyboard, just like I'm literally glaring at the media, just to blame it on somebody. I
0: gotta blame it on somebody. Dude, the media team is getting the. Oh, that's so. And so, so our poor pastor's
1: daughter was like looking at me, like, oh. like what? It wasn't me. And so poor Riley, She was like, this "It's t- not me." Yes, it <laughs> probably was her. And so her, um, her cousin Kelsey was like, "Derek, do you realize?" I, sh- I should turn this into Church of Laugh. Yeah. I'm like, how can you? <laughs> you ever turn it into? Yes. That was a huge fail moment.
0: Bro, that's so funny. And now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, every time I look on Church Milk or Church of Laugh, it's always music people. It's always it's music It's always music always.
1: people. We're the... Uh, the quirkiest, <laughs> most dysfunctional, crazy people are talking and in, screaming into the, lap, the front of house mic, not the talk back mic. Yeah, I, have, I have those. Or <laughs> saying a blubber, a, a blub. Yeah. You know, it's trying something. to worship lead because you're mad. We can talk. To, we could speak to that. But um, uh, a yeah, specific magnify story: We were going to Abilene. We've only toured one time, and I was on the bus with the boys, and the air went out, and.
0: Um, Boom. Bus full of dudes and no air. It was terrible.
1: Ugh. It was terrible. Or going that same tour, I was not gi- I was not given a room and I had to go stay in this weird family's house.
0: <laughs> Hopefully they're not, listening. Oh, <laughs> they're not listening. I've been on tour before. Yeah. So I have some tour stories, yeah. as
1: the leader of Magnify, I'm like going in with the kids, getting
0: with the kids, I was like, oh, I wish I had a hotel room right now, and I'm staying <laughs> in this random person's house that have like 14
1: cats, and when you, when you flop your hand on the bed,
0: yeah. cat hair goes, <laughs> yeah, it's the cloud of glory, <laughs>
1: I have one cat, but no, I'm not like this,
0: that's hilarious, man, oh we could talk God. for days about funny stories wow. about worship leading, yeah, dude, that is so good, and well, kids. man, well, dude, again, thank you so much for coming on, for bro, I've laughed, and like, have I mean, fun. just had my mind blown, all right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, whatever it is that you're if you're a young leader, if you're, you know, find yourself in a unique position of leading up and down, God can help you. He can do it. Follow the advice of of what Derek just told us and 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 to point out, I mean, you it felt like again, I say it, but that you were handpicked, right? Like God mm-hmm. God pulled you out of something where it seemed like there was No way! Like you shouldn't have had a future right here. here. Shouldn't be here. I should have
1: been dead, like that. Every gospel song.
0: Yeah, I mean, be here. That is that is just crazy. So even if you find yourself in that position and you're listening to this podcast, if God's done it once and He's done it a thousand times, right? He can do it for you because all things are possible. So again, thank you so much for listening, guys. I love you. God bless.